suing everybody. Hey, we're recording the podcast. Shut up. Good morning to you, wherever you are, because it is a morning somewhere for March 1st, 2024. February is finally over. February lasted forever. Sitting right across from me, I'm looking right at her, is a woman who needs no introduction. Are you going to introduce me anyway? No. (laughs) To Ashley, everybody. (laughs) Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. You're right. February did feel like it was a little bit long. Even, Even fought it out for an extra day. But we're here. We're in March. Spring is coming, everybody. Spring is here for some people. So I guess we sh- we can probably say this at this point. I have been in Houston the last week and a half again. So I think in the whole month of February, we were, we were together only one week, right, Ash? Yeah, not not a lot. It's uh, it's been uh, it's been a challenge, but I'll be happy to have you home. Uh, and you're in a unique position because you can tell me why is Texas on fire because you're there. Um but I also don't want to get distracted too early from follow-up Friday, Bernie. <laughs> yeah, now that wildfire, though, is the second largest wildfire in U.S. history. And it's weird that it is because I feel like I'm not hearing nearly as much about it as I generally hear about California wildfires. It's astonishing. It's, what, over a million acres? And that's just last time I checked. It's the the stat I read is that it was 3% contained, so I suspect there are somewhat Oof. more than a million acres burned by this point. I'm telling you, man, it's inflation. Everything all-time highs. Everything across the board. <laughs> now, even, even the wow. fires are going for that. God, that's crazy. <laughs> All right, well, follow-up Friday. What do you have that you want to talk about? Uh, a couple of things. Uh, at the end of our Morbid episode, I mentioned briefly that <laughs> Apple has halted work on their uh, on their Uh, electric car project Uh, they'd been working on it for about 10 years and uh, I wanted to just add to that a little bit uh, that rumor has it they spent more than 10 billion dollars wow they had 2,000 people working on it so I I'm not sure where this about face came from unless they saw sort of the um the stagnation I guess of growth in the EV market and decided nah that that's, a, that's uh, a ten. That's a ten billion dollar. Nah. So that's a pretty big decision to make. Yeah, and ten billion dollars is a Marvel and a Star Wars. That's now just my billion dollar range barometer that I use is Marvel and Star Wars at four billion dollars. That would be a, a Marvel, a Star Wars, and almost a Minecraft stuck in there. Almost, <laughs> you almost get there. Maybe, uh, maybe they can help Warner Brothers out a little bit. Maybe they can buy um, the Acme movie. <laughs> Well, did you uh, see the, now, as a follow-up to that, did you see that now other streamers are starting to get heat for not being profitable? Because now that Warner Brothers has made the announcement, in the forums, people were kind of analyzing the Warner Brothers announcement that they're profitable. Like, were they taking above-the-line profitability, below-the-line profitability? Was it based on EBITDA? You know, all these different calculations you can make to show that you're profitable. Um, but the point is, they said it publicly which for public companies is kind of all that matters because now shareholders are now expecting, like you predicted, the other streaming companies to become profitable. And are they going to have to take the same steps that Warner Brothers has taken very publicly? Are they going to have to take the same steps themselves? Hopefully not. Uh, Yeah, I 
hope that uh, we don't see more of these shelved movie kind of approaches to cutting costs. But I, at this point, I, I really don't know. And the other thing that came up uh, for my follow-up Friday was another media thing, which was I was very excited about the clip that I saw of the German television show where they cut the pretzel in half and then measured the different halves <laughs> to see if they got a perfect cut. And even before we posted the episode, we saw articles, and I think the article we linked in the link dump said that the German television show where people cut things in half has turned out to be a fake. And then I went down a weird mental rabbit hole where I was thinking it was called fake. And we all know what that means. There is no German television show where they cut the pretzels in half or whatever in half and measure them. That doesn't exist. But it does exist because somebody made it, right? Like, I saw the thing. I saw somebody got the contestants together, that, you know, whether they were actors or not. They built a set. They went out and shot it. They edited it. They produced it. And then they posted online. I saw the clip. So the concept of if it, what is interesting and compelling to me is the concept. And I think that's what it is. It is real. Like, it is. I did see the thing. And it was real. So what determines whether or not it's considered to be fake is how much I want to interact with it. Does that make sense? Like if I said, or okay, now I want to go watch, watch the show. I want to go watch the rest of the episodes. When I do that and can't do that, then it's fake. But if I just like the idea, someone presented the idea and it was there and I saw it and I liked it. So to me, it's real. Well, I have some good news for you. What? There is actually a German show. <laughs> <laughs> where they cut things in half. Is it not, not that joking. show? It's not that show. It's a German show called um, Schlagden Star. Uh, and and, and it, it's not, the show is not specifically about cutting things in half, but they do have a segment where they have two people competing to cut vegetables exactly in half. And they do weigh them in everything. Oh my God. Um, I have one more follow-up as well. Just to bring the tone down a little bit, I mentioned, again, in our Morbid episode, um, that there was a story about a family of hikers who died, uh, of, of, and they thought it was heavy air. They did consider it to be heavy air, but apparently they decided eventually that it was actually extreme heat stroke that, that killed them. You know, just trying to get my causes of death accurate. Wouldn't that be your first assumption when you go out there? Was there just some guy who was like sitting on the heavy air theory and was like, oh, this could be it. This could be the one. Of course it was heat stroke. That would be the obvious thing. Well, the, yeah, I guess they were found with like uh, like empty bottles of water. And here's here's the thing that really clinched it is um, they had tried to send a text message, but it didn't go through because no signal uh, that was like, we have no water. We're very hot, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, can you can you can you help us? And I'm like, yeah, that that does seem like that's fairly definitive at that point. So they decided that um, while they were looking at all these other causes, probably until, I don't know, an autopsy was done and they could officially rule cause of death. They were considering toxic gas. They were considering, um, uh, you know, weird lack of oxygen, that kind of thing, uh, until it turned out to be something totally expected. You know, it's funny, too, because uh, we were talking about our personal locator beacons that we wear when we go on a sailing boat or something like that, uh, which, you know, you just pull the cord and it notifies the Coast Guard or the local authorities and gives them your GPS location and they come to you in the water. 
Um, and people were saying all these different alternatives that would be less expensive. I actually think at this point, the days of like not having a signal are behind us because the latest iPhone has that really awesome satellite SOS, where if you can get a view of the sky, you can make an emergency satellite, at least data transmission with your phone, which is incredible. You know, that's like could be a whole thing that we all had to deal with that it now just doesn't exist. You'll never be in an emergency situation where you won't have some kind of connectivity ever again. Uh, unless you're in the water. <laughs> we well, have learned that uh, even waterproof phones don't like salt water. So try. All right, we don't need try. to tell every story on the podcast, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> it was that same trip. You went swimming with your phone. It, listen, it was when Apple did the whole presentation about swimming with your stuff and the whole Gavin actually did a video of it where they showed the watch clearing the water out of the speaker and uh, they made a big deal about going swimming with the stuff. And so I went swimming and my iPhone immediately died. Everyone told me, don't do it. And I said, no, no, look, it's the new one. And I literally dunked it under the water and we all watched it die in my hands. And that was like day one of the trip. (laughs) (laughs) It really was. It was. And I was just like, what am I going to do? Buy an iPhone in the, in the middle of uh, the Caribbean? No way. There's no way. So I just suffered without it for like a week and a half. And then got, I've got a phone when I got back. Get it, get a new model from a fish. By the way, Apple has updated. I don't know if it's an update more. So it's just like, they finally had to put out a warning where they said, don't put your phone in a bag of rice. Do not do that. It's worse for the phone than whatever's going on with the moisture because little bits of rice apparently can get into the phone and into the jacks and the speaker holes and things like that and just screw up the phone. There's nothing they can do about it. So don't put your phone in a bag of rice is now the new guidance officially from Apple, at least. Do we have something else that we can put it in? Perhaps you know, it makes a bag you wonder of flour. If would make something like that. <laughs> don't put like, it in flour. Like you wouldn't, you would never buy like a emergency dehumidifying kit but like if you had like a silica gel or something that you could put in like those little packets that always come with electronics that you're not supposed to eat even though they're delicious (laughs) 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 if you had enough of those you could like suck the moisture out of it you know Uh, something something but who it seems like a product that someone could make but then who the hell is gonna buy it right unless you know you're not gonna buy it and keep it in a drawer in case your phone gets wet and by the time your phone gets wet we're gonna order it on Prime delivery and get it two days later. Yeah, it's not going to do you any yeah, good. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe people will just want to have one on hand. Uh, we do put our phones in cases and put screen protectors on them, that kind of thing. So I could see uh, have, wanting to have something on hand in case it gets wet. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, well, let's go out and invent that then. Don't steal All our right. idea. Yeah, it's just, it's just between us. Just between us and nobody else. Uh, All right. uh, I'm done with my follow-ups. I want to talk about the fire. Can you tell me anything more about the fire? The big thing that I keep hearing on the news is they are shocked at the size of this fire happening in Texas in the winter. Like Texas is usually fire conditions are late August, early September when everything is dry as a bone and there hasn't been any rain for like 90 days. And this is smack in the middle of winter. Yeah, that's pretty terrifying. And to, just to put it in perspective as well, Texas is such a huge state. If you're not familiar with it, if you're, you know, international audience, it's so big. When I moved to Texas, uh, we left we left San Francisco 
Uh, we drove down uh, basically just north of L.A. and then turned east to drive across to Texas. When we hit the Texas border after a day and a half of driving, we were halfway there. Texas is very, very big. And so um, like a million acres is a mind-boggling number. But then it's also not that surprising that you know, in, in say, Houston or in Austin, there's not much sign of it because it is the te- the state is so so big. You know, when you come in from the east and you come in, like say from Louisiana, and you drive in on I ten, when you first hit the Texas border, it gives you a mile marker for El Paso, which is clear across the state, and it's like nine hundred miles to El Paso. It's like this wild mile marker that comes up. So, just for reference, I'm looking up how many square miles. 1 million acres is, and it's about 1,550 square miles. So That's a lot of square miles. It's a lot. Um, lot. Well, speaking of absolute disasters, um, have you heard about this Willy Wonka event that just happened um, in Glasgow? Listen, you're you're right there next to it. I'm hearing so much about this. And I, Ashley, how do you think I feel about this event? I think you are so upset that you weren't there. I'm miserable. I'm so miserable. <laughs> so to clarify, there was this uh this like Willy Wonka inspired um immersive event and and a bunch of people took their kids and then it was this horrendous thing. Uh it would like like it was very shoddily put together like these weird like creepy empty rooms with like a candy cane and a, a one little like mushroom sculpture there. And there was like a a table with this poor Oompa Loompa lady. It looked like a meth lab. And the uh, <laughs> the so guy sad. who was playing Willy Wonka, he was um, he was an actor that was hired for the event. Uh, and he said he was you know he applies for all kinds of you know acting jobs. And he he got this one, and it was just like this fifteen page script of just AI generated no nonsensical rubbish and. About the like, they made up this whole character called the unknown that lives in the walls and is an evil chocolatier. Oh my god! And I just in this insane, insane stuff. Uh, and there were like posters all around the event and everything. It's like you said all around were, weren't real, weren't real words. It was all these fake words. Oh my god! And the the event was like, yeah, it was supposed to be this whole big thing. It was just this little tiny barren awful thing the police came and shut it down <laughs> that's so bad that's so bad so the all the pictures i've seen it's like a giant empty warehouse and like little stations here and there there's even one where it was just a folding table with one eighth filled cups of lemonade like they couldn't even do a full cup of lemonade somehow they couldn't source that and then you go 50 feet of nothing and then there's like a prop lollipop and then you go another 50 feet and there's a completely blank wall and a tiny little like six by six backdrop of a candy land that you would stand in front of. And it just looked completely pathetic. And I regret with all of my heart that I did not get to go and experience this thing. I'm just so upset. It, it really, it really is giving Dashcon ball pit uh, vibes. My God. yeah. You, you, listen, I can't tell you how fast I would sign up. For like a VR immersive app that just recreated Dashcon from what is that like 2012 
and had the ball pit <laughs> and everything else. And I would actually go out and buy a ball pit so that I could experience what that's like. I would be tactile in the ball pit in our living room with a headset on living in the dash con world. I just I'm so regretful that I missed all those things, man, because you never know. Yeah, you never know when said, one's going to shit the bed. That's true. But that, that said, if we had showed up with the kids, it would be a lot less funny. Oh my god! It'd be I would really, have taken pictures it'd be, with it'd be hilarious everywhere. if you were just in Glasgow and you were and you thought to yourself, "Man, I could really use some Willy Wonka immersion," and took yourself to that disaster. But taking like getting the kids excited for it and then going and it being this horrible thing would be so much harder. Ashley, my favorite photo from the whole thing is a little kid who had an Oompa Loompa cosplay. That was worlds better than anything else that the event organizers had put together. And this kid is just standing there in front of like one of the displays with two thumbs down. It's just it's the absolute best photo. Gosh, I can't believe I missed it. And, you know, Scottish people, too. I saw some of the videos of the parents outside yelling at them. And Scottish people are really interesting because they kind of don't mind a little bit of a grift, you know, like there's a cheekiness to them there. But if you go too far enemies for life like they <laughs> they will absolutely destroy you and they will tell everyone they know which is Scotland is a huge deal because there's only like 50 people in the whole country <laughs> so <laughs> it will absolutely destroy you <laughs> so i wonder what's gonna happen <laughs> to this guy that put this thing together you know with everything going on in the world everyone is so focused on this dumb event <laughs> so stupid Look, we're it's because we're focusing on the really important things, Bernie. Yeah, obviously. So while we're talking about <laughs> interfacing with uh, angry locals, uh, I I got pulled over by a cop here in Houston. Oh no! Yeah. So last time I came down, I rented a car. I was here for about two weeks, and renting a car in a hotel was really expensive. Uh, people always talk about when they travel, they always talk about the cost of it being mainly the airline travel. But really, if you're staying anywhere for any amount of time, the burn rate on a hotel room and uh, any kind of transportation, whether you rent a car or if you're doing Ubers going around, it, you end up spending way more on that stuff, I think, than you do on your airline ticket to get there. Um, so, yeah. So last time I came, it was really expensive. And so I, I was very fortunate to be in a position where I you know, have friends and family in Austin and I could come down in a car and save money on that. But the car had an expired registration sticker. And so sure enough, when I was in Houston, I got pulled over for expired registration. Yeah. And at the top of the show, <laughs> we played a clip from Alan Richson. And that's relevant for two reasons. One, because of the story. And the other is because he's been in the news recently because apparently he was up for the role of Thor years and years ago, but he didn't get the part because he didn't take the audition seriously. Yeah. He says that he didn't take the audition seriously. He says, um, he, he says, and I quote, I was like, they'll throw me the part. If I look like the guy, nobody really cares about acting. Um, and then after the audition, the casting team told him he hadn't shown that he had the craft. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> wow. I was, I was, I'm like, damn, that's, how much did he clown around in that audition? That's a lofty note, that man. That said, he would have made he he would be a great Thor character. He's he's a really funny guy. And actually, you got to think too about the time that he would have auditioned for Thor was the time when we were working with him on Laser Team. He was 
we, what do we call him? Most handsome man in the world. But he was also like a really goofy guy then. And I'm sure he still got that goofy side to him. Like the clip that we played at the beginning was a whole thing he had with the Rooster Teeth audience where they would uh, harass him about mac and cheese that he spilled on the set of Extra Life. And he had this whole running bit with them where he was going to sue everybody in the audience. <laughs> and I think, anyway, I got pulled over uh, in Texas and uh, they noted that my inspection was a year out of date. And I explained it got really weird because I said, yeah, here's the reason I don't live in the U.S. So I couldn't register it. And I'm from Austin. So I can. And as soon as I said I don't live in the U.S., the cop got really weird. He's like, huh? I said, oh, well, but I'm a U.S. citizen. I just live in Scotland because I'm I'm working in Scotland right now. That's what I said. It was the easiest way to explain it. And he goes, oh, what do you do over there? And I said, well, I work in entertainment. And he goes, entertainment? What do you do in entertainment? I go, well, I work in like TV and film. And uh, I hear you, by the way, people out there, I hear you judging me. Anybody want to say anything here? Yes, I do. Work in, <laughs> I have made television shows and films. Thank you. Uh, and he goes, oh, he goes, well, have you... Uh, have you worked with anyone I would know? And I looked at him. He looked like kind of a military guy, you know, like the the yeah. former military cop. And I go, you ever watch uh, Reacher? And he goes, hell yeah. And I go, I, uh, I worked with Alan Richardson, the guy who played Reacher. And he goes, whoa. And he gave me a warning. So Alan Richardson got me out of a ticket today <laughs> he did. for he a one solid. year expired registration. So it doesn't get any better than that. So I'm glad he never got the part of store because then I would have had to get a $50 ticket. <laughs> <laughs> today in Houston, Texas. That's the butterfly effect. All right. Well, that does it for us this week. We will be back to talk to you on Monday. We hope you'll be here as well. Have a great weekend, everybody.